0: The CFB Winning Edge podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Visit patreon.com slash CFB Winning Edge and join for as little as $5 per month to help support our show or become a Tier 2 member to receive access to a wealth of information, including our 2023 Returning Production Database and its 133 team pages packed with stats and designed to indicate which players have come and gone following the 2022 season. Thank you to our listeners who have become Patreon supporters by signing up at patreon.com slash CFB Winning Edge.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It's CFB Winning Edge, the podcast edition. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm here as always with Nicholas Ian e. Allen, the owner and proprietor of CFP Winning Edge. Follow him on the Twitter at CFP Winning Edge and Xavier Trish at Xavier underscore Trish T R I C H E on the Twitter machine. Today we're going to be talking a little bit of running backs. Last week we did a CFF preview for quarterbacks. We're going to talk some running backs today. But of course, we've had more spring games happen in the past week. A lot of them happened in the last week. And ESPN, Nick just dropped FPI, which is always fun and never makes people upset or outraged by their team not being ranked in the proper spot, right? Just every single ranking system is always perfect. All the fans love it and are in consensus with this as they always are, right?
0: Yeah, and, and better yet, everybody understands exactly how it works and exactly mm-hmm. what uh, goes into it. What goes into it, for sure, yeah. No, right. it's... Uh, uh, when FBI drops, it's always kind of interesting. I mean there were a couple of years ago where Mississippi State was like eighth uh, <laughs> in a in a season where most people expected they'd be like outside the top twenty five so uh, typically there's usually at least one really, really eye ra- eyebrow raising team um, and if anybody hasn't seen it, uh, it's it's. You know, comes out hot, I guess, because we've talked before how there's been a lot of talk that Georgia's, you know, uh, the cleared number one, not even close. How in the world could anybody possibly uh, pass Georgia, even though we've also talked that we thought our numbers probably were going to have Georgia uh, second, maybe. Uh, But FBI has Ohio State number one, Alabama number two, and Georgia number three, which is... Uh, a surprise, probably, to, to a lot of folks. And it looks like Ohio State would be uh, about a four point favorite over Georgia, which is, which is a little bit of a surprise. Um, but those three are in a clear top tier. Uh, and then it's LSU, Texas, who, you know, people always get mad when Texas is ranked high. Um, Especially
1: Texas fans. <laughs> right.
0: Um, Michigan, USC. There's similar vitriol for USC at times. Uh, Clemson Notre Dame and Penn State rounds out the top 10 and it's still really really early in our rankings uh, or in our putting together the the team profiles and uh, you know so I don't know exactly how our top 25 is going to shake out we've made some headway on a lot of these teams it looks like right now Ohio State and Georgia are neck and neck basically you know co-number ones uh but based on some of that early work that that we're trying to get through none of this really was a surprise to me um i definitely expect texas to be a top 10 team top five will not shock me at all usc being top 10 uh you know i i might say that usc and michigan actually look a touch low um Based on you know what I'm expecting, how things will shake out, but um, at least you know knowing how our uh, projections work, how our power rankings work, knowing a little bit about FPI, I have heard some interviews in the past with some of the folks that put it together, um, know what you know some of the the things that they weigh most heavily as far as you know returning production and, and things like that. I think that. There are a lot of similarities in how we calculate things. There are definitely some major differences. There are always a few teams that are 10 or 15 spots different uh, Mm -hmm. when you move a little lower down in the rankings. But um, at least at the top so far, to me, nothing necessarily shocking. But I think what it it does, and actually just before we started recording, I saw um, Bud Elliott of... uh, uh, 247 Sports and the Cover Three podcast made what I thought was a really good point where FBI is, uh, you know, certainly not perfect, but it's for the most part pretty good. And it does kind of uh, unearth maybe a team or two that you should, or, or it calls attention to a team, whether too high or too low that if, if you, you know, give a, a little extra time to research that particular team, it'll probably, you know, alert you to something that maybe you were overlooking, good or bad about that team, just sort of your, your own opinion coming in. So um, once I know a little bit more about how our numbers are exactly shaking out, uh, I look forward to doing that. Maybe the first one that jumped out to me, I expect will be a little higher on Washington than FBI there. They have Washington 21st. I would expect Washington to be, you know, top 12, uh, somewhere in that range. Um, but anyway, it, it's, it's certainly not a perfect metric. Nothing is, um, but I do think that it's good and it's useful. Um, and you know, I, I like to see how we compare uh, to, to other projection systems, especially um, ones that you know
1: there are a lot of smart people working on, and, and that's definitely the case with FPI, whether you love it or hate it. Xavier, when you look at uh, these rankings from FPI – what instantly outrages you? What makes you mad? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but but uh, what what do you look at and, and you know like like well, uh,
0: Florida you, in the top twenty
1: probably. What <laughs> what Nick <laughs> just mentioned when you're looking at it, what makes you like raise your eyebrow and go, mm, what are we thinking here? What what team do you want to look at a little deeper now that you've seen these rankings? Yeah, for instance, a team like Ole Miss
2: ranked in the top twenty, uh, top twenty-five, but. A protected win total of seven of 7.6 That those kind of situations for me give me an insight on how they're going to then look at how they're going to rank teams later on in the year so when you you know people are sitting there complaining oh Ole miss is five and two how are they 20 how are they 18. well you know you look at something like fpi you realize that you know they don't or they already are expecting this team to only win eight games and at the very least they're doing that d- due to the scheduling that they have one, you know, but two, even with that, they're still expecting them to be considered a top 25 team. Uh, so I think it, it, it may calm some people's nerves. Perfect example. Florida is ranked in the top 25. Mm-hmm. They are expected to win 6.8 games. That means. Early a ball. Right. right here, yeah. So you're looking at a team that could very well be six and four. Put
1: right? them in the playoff.
2: You know, right, you know, like it it just opens your eyes to situations like that when we find a four loss, you know, Ole Miss team ranked 22nd on the last week of the season. And it's like, how the hell did we get here? Uh, but you realize those four losses are to Alabama, LSU, you know, Auburn, and Florida. Then it's like, huh, well, I guess that's how we got here. Um, so
1: yeah, it's a little cyclical, everybody wants rankings the rankings come out that are official. Yeah, Everybody gets mad about the rankings. And then everyone says, it's ridiculous that we even have rankings. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't have them until week six or whatever, but everyone is going off their initial thoughts and initial rankings uh, to begin anyway. So it's like, don't, don't complain about this when you know, it's going to be there and you're going to disagree with it, disagree with it, yeah. you know, make your points, make your case, but don't get mad at it. And, you know, um, and like Nick said, every Texas fan looks at this and goes, oh, here we go again. Okay. Well, Here it's, we go. It's that meme, the OS, here we go again, you know. Uh,
0: to to your point, uh, you know, it, it's a starting point. It is right. something that kind of I, – I get caught up uh, several times a day, basically, <laughs> as I'm trying to go through the <laughs> team profiles where – I'm like oh my god i'm so behind i can't believe it i you know gotta gotta work all night to to try to make up some ground and then i remember oh yeah we changed the calendar a little bit and so our returning production thing came out a little earlier that's yep. that's important uh and then also it is it is april <laughs> and you know, right. there is there is time and certainly we want to get things done as quickly as we can uh especially for our, our patreon supporters who help uh fund that work but Um, you know, we, we do still have a little bit of time. It is still early in the process. We will, we're going to talk plenty of, you know, transfer news and and things like that. There's still a lot to shake out as far as those sort of things go. There's position battles, you know, that, that certainly won't be wrapped up by the end of spring practice. Um, so there's, there's plenty of time on all of this, but it is good to, uh, you know, now that the NFL draft is, upon us. Um, and people are, uh, you know, turning the page if they've been paying attention to things like college basketball or, or, you know, what have you, just other, other things might, you know, take up space in, in your mind. Maybe you forgot a little bit about college football or haven't been paying, you know, super close to attention to the, the plus minus of, uh, who's in and out of the transfer portal and who, you know, graduated and, and all that sort of stuff um so this gives you a, a starting point uh this and, and our numbers when they come out officially and, and other folks out there you know sp plus of course has been out for a while uh there are several others um but it, it gives you something to sort of recalibrate maybe uh but also anybody who's paid attention to you know the work that we've done in the past and and you know i i uh, appreciate Xavier go into the the projected win loss totals because I sort of definitely glossed over it but uh, these projected win loss numbers shake out really really similar to what we've seen our preseason numbers uh-huh. in the past I mean there's not a 12 and0 on here that it, it's really right. really hard to go 12 and0 uh, even though somebody probably will right it's still you know statistically speaking very unlikely there are eight 10 win teams we're probably going to see more 10 win teams but you're you're much more likely even if you have that ceiling of a double-digit win you know in the preseason um, it, it's it's hard to win ten games you know right. people get upset every week um, and then also another you know great point uh, looking down all the, the SEC teams I mean LSU being fourth and actually being projected for fewer than 10 wins tells us something about how ESPN, FBI, and I bet just about everybody else, including us uh, is is going to be really, really high on the sec in large part because of talent numbers. Um, but I mean, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the top 19 or sec teams. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if Florida and Texas A&M, have the talent and you know a few other numbers kind of line up to to make you think that they are one of the 20 best teams in the country despite the fact i mean you know they're they're going to be an underdog to half the conference uh if they were to play on a, a neutral field and you know you can be a really good team and have a tough schedule and and you know lose some games and and uh then we're talking about you know teams on the fringe of making it to a bowl or, or maybe missing out like Texas A&M did last year, but still are talented teams that uh, would be favored over teams that are going to end up with, you know, a a better record. So um, anyway, long winded as usual, we can, (laughs) we can move on. Uh, We'll have our own, our own rankings. I do
2: want to, I do want to kind of highlight one thing that I find extremely funny about the top three rankings. Right. So, FPI currently has, and I think this is extremely indicative of how people even think when it comes to college football. But they've got Georgia winning the SEC, they have, a, have a higher percentage than Alabama to win the SEC, but they've given Alabama a higher percentage of winning the national championship. And I, <laughs> yeah, and, and I find that kind of hilarious in the fact that we have almost conditioned ourselves to believe that if Alabama doesn't, that Alabama doesn't need to win their conference to get into the to get into the playoff and then thus compete
1: for a national title. I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, you know, when Nick was going through uh, the top teams here, you know, and uh, we talked about this before the show too, like the, the clear tier of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, if you're penciling in three teams to make the tournament right now, those are the three teams, right. you know, is who is that fourth? right now would be in most people's brains. I mean, obviously Michigan has got there two, two years in a row. So uh, maybe they're going to be high as well. But I, I think in most people's minds, those are the three teams to beat right now. So it's so not, we'll, that it's not that surprising, I guess.
0: I, I will say, and I had these numbers somewhere. I set them aside and then I lost them. So uh, <laughs> I, this time of year, I've got like 120 windows open. It's, it's, a bit crazy. Uh, I I don't, like I said, don't have all of these uh, projected top 10 uh, teams done and and ready yet. Um, Right now it is looking, I said, you know, Ohio state and and Georgia are basically co-number ones um, depending on how a few things shake out Michigan, I think is our current number three. Three, uh, just edging out Alabama, and I think that um, is is uh, is largely due to quarterback experience. Um, we'll we'll talk in some greater depth at a at a later date. Uh, sort of some of the new things that we're doing as far as our um, projections and our power rankings go. But uh, so far, it looks like the difference maybe in, in uh, our team strength power rankings and what FPI has currently is that our top tier is a solid four with Michigan being that fourth team. If I were to guess, LSU might be in there. Haven't haven't dug into LSU yet. haven't finished them up. Um, but instead of a, a pretty clear, you know, top three with, with five points separating number three and number four, like FPI, uh, if we have a gap like that, it's probably going to be between four and five instead of three and four.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how, how this shakes out, and it definitely gets the juices flowing for uh, a bunch it of people. It always reasons. does. Yeah, it always does. Yeah, I mean, the transfer portal just opened. So uh, speaking of what is going on right now, spring practices. Florida had the stage to itself Thursday night in front of uh, 40,000 at the Swamp. And a few of the Gators in-state rivals kicked off Friday, Miami, UCF, USF, SMU, UTSA, TCU, among others. Saturday saw a big pack schedule, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, Penn State, Texas, Tennessee, USC, Florida State, and many more. Without diving too deep on these, Nick, Nick, we're going (laughs) to go, we're going to go, what did you learn from these practices? I'm going to burn through these. You're going to go fast. So, um, well, so do we want an overarching uh, statement first? Well, so, uh, so we can
0: do this. We we didn't flesh this out before we started recording, so apologies. (laughs) Do you want to just like lightning? I'm gonna say
1: the team. Yeah, I'm gonna say the team. You're gonna say what jumped off the page. We're gonna go. We're gonna go through all of them. Then I'm gonna hit Xavier when you're done. So that's how. That's how we're gonna roll. All right. Okay. Okay. That'll work. So yeah, superlatives about uh, these spring games. Florida. What did you see from Florida? Uh,
0: quarterback situation is a bit worrisome. Miami. Uh, I, I think they showed some promise. I heard Xavier Restrepo's name a lot
1: Uh, at TCU.
0: So many moving parts. I think (laughs) there's going to be a drop off there. Ohio state. McCord wasn't great. I'm not super worried about him, but I am a little bit the offensive line.
1: Uh, Clemson.
0: Uh, I'm, Clemson, I haven't had much chance to dig into yet, but I'm really interested. Uh, you know, like everyone, what what what's the new offense look like? Garrett Riley, Georgia, uh, Beck Carson Beck seems to be the guy.
1: Mississippi State,
0: new offense, uh, very different, slower, a lot more you know running game, a lot more involved. Penn State. Uh, the offense has some work to do, but I think there's a really high ceiling. Uh, wake forest. I'm realizing, and this is partly a Notre Dame observation because it sounds like Sam Hartman is, uh, not running away with that job. I'm, I'm realizing more and more Dave Clawson might just be a quarterback genius. Texas. I think Gwen yours is going to be pretty good.
1: like Murphy looked good too. Uh, Michigan State.
0: Didn't learn much. They just had like a practice, basically. <laughs> <It was some laughs> uh, Virginia. Uh, there were some cool moments uh, in the Virginia game. Getting, you know, seeing Mike Collins back on the field was uh, pretty special.
1: Uh, Arizona State.
0: I'm really fascinated with Arizona State. Have heard so many glowing reports about the offense it makes me really worried about the defense.
1: I think Kenny Dillingham went to high school with Xavier, too. He's a young, <laughs> 32. Uh, how about North Carolina? Will
0: playmakers step up for Drake May? There's uh, been how- a lot of rotation in that receiving group trying to find that, you know, guys to step up for. You know, Josh Downs, uh that group, Antoine Green. Um, oh miss. I think Jackson Dart's got a little firmer grip on the quarterback job than we expected. USC. What else are they gonna do in the transfer portal?
1: <laughs> I'm
0: super high, but they've they've still got a little work to do. Fix the defense. Tennessee. Joe Milton for high.
1: <laughs> Virginia
0: Tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Virginia Tech it seemed like Grant Wells uh, put a little distance between he and Chiron Drones. That I expected it to be a little closer. It didn't look like it.
1: Uh, Florida State. Uh,
0: Florida State is going to be very good.
1: Texas A and M. Um.
0: Same as everybody else. Will Jimbo Fisher <laughs> actually give Bobby Petrino, you know, <laughs> the, the ability to to call plays?
1: Ooh, and will it matter? Oh man, it'd be real bad to see them go down in flames. Cal. Uh,
0: I like Sam Jackson, quarterback Arizona transfer TCU. Arizona
1: Gronk should be really good on offense. <laughs> Gronk uh, South Carolina.
0: I'm going to have to learn the name of the true freshman who was so uh, <laughs> exciting. There was there was a true freshman quarterback who's who's the next big thing, and the name better than me Spencer right now. Rattler. No, uh, Spencer Rattler is going to be going to be fine for this year, <laughs> but they they might have a a, a special guy coming up behind it. UCF, uh, John Rex Plumley. You know, yeah, baseball, football, the same day, pulling a Deion Sanders. That's, that's pretty cool. SMU. I think a lot of things are going to have to shake out. I think I'm lower on SMU than a lot of people seem to be
1: since I think they're
0: FBI's favorite in the conference. I'm not sure we're going to be there. Cincinnati. I think we might see a drop off in Cincinnati. Uh, moving to the big 12, the roster is much different. I don't know.
1: Hey, you know the playoff got them to the Big Twelve, which is exactly what they wanted. So, uh, Boston College.
0: Uh, the offensive line was so bad last year. Can they make some improvement?
1: Dino Tomlin, come on! It's got to be Dino Tomlin too, uh, catching the touchdown. Uh, yep. Arkansas. Well,
0: um, I think, I think Arkansas is going to look quite a bit different offensively. I think they're going to be slower. Uh, gonna be a little more, uh, the Brett Bielema style Arkansas than maybe what we've seen the last couple of years when Kendall Braz has been calling the place.
1: I saw KJ Jefferson make a couple good throws, uh, in that game, too. Uh, Liberty, uh, I've got a, at least a three way quarterback battle going. That
0: one seems like it's gonna, gonna take a little while, Pitt. Um, all right. So I'm starting to, I'm starting to, to stumble a little here as we
1: get, <laughs> we're getting closer to the finish line here. Yeah. How yeah. about, uh, how about I just say the, the rest of these teams, you tell me if you saw anything from the the last couple teams are Pitt, old dominion, Western Michigan, Troy, Utah state, Arkansas state. There's so many spring games this week, Fresno state rice, USF, Indiana, Ohio, South Alabama FAU. You got anything on, I know you're still going through the games and stuff. I know you've read about all of them, uh, but it, was there any other big standout from those schools? So there are
0: a few teams in here that jump out to me just in some previous research and going through some of the rosters and stuff that I am worried about. I think have an opportunity to be, uh, to, to struggle. I think Western Michigan might be bad. Just, I think they just might be bad. I know they got a <laughs> transfer running back coming. Um, which was good news, but I the roster, whew, uh, it's in trouble right now. Utah State and Fresno State. I'm a little bit worried about both of those teams. We're we're used to them being pretty good. Uh, Fresno State, really good. Um, I I don't I don't know. They they lost so much. Uh, and Utah State, we'll talk a little bit more about a little bit later. They've been just continually hit hard. Uh, last one, South Alabama. I think might be one of the best. Am I going to say this? I, th- I think they might be one of the best teams in a group of five teams. I nice. think their defense is going to be really, really, really good. Um, and they've got solid quarterback. One of the best running backs, maybe in the Sun Belt. Um, I think they're just solid all the way through.
1: Xavier, the spring games. Uh, did you get... Uh... Um, I mean, is it mainly highlight watching? Did you sit and watch any games? I only got to watch Texas. I've been watching too much oh, baseball. Shout
2: out to YouTube. Um, <laughs> a, quick, a quick shout out to
1: Matthew, Matthew loves Matthew ball. ball. Yeah. Oh man, that guy. He,
2: he breaks them down in halves. Which First I team Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, this dude puts in yeoman's work when it comes to these spring games, and I appreciate it thoroughly because uh, otherwise, we'd have to be sitting here and only watch the ones that the ACC Network and Big Ten Network posted. Um, so to go through the teams. Kind of quickly, or at least the guys that I saw. Uh Florida quarterback situation. The hell we're doing here. Uh Miami. <laughs> Travis Van Dyke has not taken the step forward that I thought he did, that I thought he needed to. Um, he looked still rather shaky. I'm I'm not certain that he has that job all wrapped up. TCU, you didn't finish last in the Big 12 last year. I don't know how close you'll be this year, but you'll be a lot closer this season. Um Ohio State. McCord wasn't amazing, but God, when you have M- Marvin Harrison Jr., doesn't matter. He was open the entire game. Didn't, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, I think uh, Travion Henderson might be a guy in CFF groups that need to get another look at because with him, with McCord looking as shaky as he did, they're going to lead on the running game a lot more this year.
1: Well, it was uh, him and Bijan last year, and then right. Henderson got hurt. Exactly. So yeah, little little not forgotten about. He's definitely still very very high, but yeah, yeah. not as high as he was last year
2: uh, Georgia Carson Beck, he, I think has stapled himself in firmly as a number one QB. And you know, it's, it's funny. I kind of felt bad for Vandergriff having to play with the twos, um, understanding that I knew that Carson Beck was just gonna be able to throw the Brock Bowers the whole time. And that's kind of what he did. Oh, and the love it actually looked pretty solid as well in his first real, you know, view for, for Georgia fans as well. Uh, Clemson, can they figure out who's going to be playing receiver? because right now their receiving group is still so underwhelming. I don't know how they've been able to do this with how well they've recruited over the last decade, but their receiver room makes me think, who's going to catch the ball? It, it really felt like it was Spectre and Co., like I was watching, like, you know, the, the name of a law firm. Other than that, that was no, there was nothing else to write home about as far as their receiving core is concerned. Uh, Mississippi State finally found a running game. Look, they finally figured out that in the SEC you have to run the football. I'm excited, and not from the quarterback position um hell their first touchdown was on a run play so uh, i'm looking forward to them there uh penn state drew allen looks like a freshman or or, or you know uh, the guy who's it's his first time at the, at the helm Uh he wasn't perfect by any means um but they're going to be a team defensively that i am looking forward to uh offensively they they're going to lean a lot on you know katron allen and, and uh and the other one. i can't remember his name just threw me off um who they might be the best running back tandem in the country
0: seemed-
2: yeah. yeah you know they might be the best running back tandem in the country and. If I'm not mistaken, they got a transfer, another running back transfer last week that we talked about. Uh so that might be one of the best running back rooms, if not the best running back room in the country at this point. Yeah, that's gonna be extremely that they're gonna lean on that all year long. Um I'll skip way for us. I did not get to watch them. Texas. Your defense finally looked like they could tackle.
1: Oh, I mean yeah. it's it's the last piece. Like so yep. many teams have been missing a quarterback or right you know can't put pressure on the quarterback Uh, the thing that's been messing missing at texas for a decade is the tackling i've been complaining about it since we've started this podcast
2: you yours look like look good and a quick aside to whomever made that uh archman low light video Uh please find the find the largest rock and get under it because that was so unnecessary whatsoever um Michigan. He looks so young.
1: I mean, yeah, he, he looks like he looks
2: like a, like a, looks out like out a child. Yeah. And that's what he is. is he's a seventeen-year-old like...
1: freshman, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. He looks, he looks like a little kid that they're like, "Here you go. You can put all on right? the shoulder pad, pads, buddy." I mean, that's he's no hair on his face at yeah, all. Yeah, the, 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 the,
2: the, the so kid, the kid, the kid can finally actually go to the doctor without, without having to bring his mom with him. Like, calm down. <laughs> dude. Like, calm down. Um, Michigan State. What's your offense going to be? You know, your offense has failed you the last couple of years. What is it going to be, especially now after losing Jaden Reed? Um, I'm looking to see if they have a similar zone offense this season. North Carolina, like Nick alluded to, who's going to step up around Drake May, or is Drake May going to have to put, you know, a Sam Howell esque performance every single week for them to be competitive, um, from a week in, week out basis? Uh, Ole Miss, as much as I hate to say, Jackson Dart actually does like he's going to be QB one. Um, he looks like he's made the proper adjustments to his game to at least keep that spot for now.
1: Javier um, wants to see the low lights, uh, uh, the, the low lights uh, compilation a, of Jackson dart, not of, uh, you know, in- incoming freshmen. Come on.
2: Not, not even, I just, you know, th- this feels like another Shea Patterson situation. Another high five star kid who just doesn't progress in the manner in which we thought he could throughout college. Um, and just so happens that they both took a piss stop at Ole Miss. Um, Let's see, USC. Does defense exist? That's obviously going to be the biggest one there. Uh, uh, let's see, Tennessee. I'm not going Joe Milton driving. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> 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 uh, but he did. But he did have. He did have better command of the offense than I thought. I mean, they're going to be extremely. I mean, you hard. said
1: Nico's going to take over Nico, like game four last week, I mean, did you? I mean,
0: Nico yeah. looked good too, but I, I think. I mean, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. I think, uh, team, Joe, team Joe, I think Milton. Joe Milton's got a, no, 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 got a, a long we got week.
1: camps building here, folks. we got yeah. camps, all right? <laughs> there's Team Joe Milton. There's Team Nico. So we
2: um, it early. No, I just, you know, Nico. Nico's cool. Uh, but like I said, I think, you know, maybe I was a little bit facetious saying that Joe Milton's going to be out by week six, but Nico is Nico. Um Let's go. So Florida State, they look good. Florida State look good. You know, I, you know, I really thought that Jordan Travis had a nice command of the offense. I think that realistically, looking at a team that is going to compete for the ACC this year. no, And if and buts about it, they, they have all them. They have all of the, the, the only concern for them is health on the defensive front right now, being ready for their season to start because they get Clemson, I think week four. So they need to be ready to go pretty quickly. Um, And I'll finish off with a couple of what is just kind of bunched together. our a right. A&M. Offensively, your five stars are finally starting to play like your five stars, um, and that still doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be extremely competitive in the SEC. But your talent is starting to shine through. Uh, some of, some of the momentum that you carried from the end of last season starting to carry through the spring, and that should be positive uh, for for A and M fans. Uh, South Carolina, it's Spencer Rattler's job for this year, but th- that team. I, I, even though South Carolina is a rival for Georgia, I like to see. I love what Beamers got going there. I um, mean, they look like maybe not this year. But they're coming, they're coming, and it's only a matter of time. As long as he finds his quarterback, uh, that they're going to be a team that we have to deal with um, in the SEC East. Um, shout out to John Rice Plumley being able to play two sports in one day um, after having and had a good baseball game too. It's not like he went zero for four and then had to go play in the spring. Yeah, had a
1: couple rips, right? Yeah,
2: had a couple ribbies. Um Arkansas, thank God, you're finally playing to your quarterback strengths. So run the dang ball. Believe, be a little bit more methodical, like. KJ Jefferson is not an air raid quarterback, not a spread-out, he, he's a 13 to 15 play drive guy that wears you down for four quarters and then beats you up in the fourth quarter. So, thank you. Thank you. Um and yeah, I think that's oh, Troy and South Alabama are going to compete for the Sun Belt title possibly this year. Those two teams look so good and I uh, yeah, I know I'm a Georgia State alum, but I'm impartial as it comes. Those two teams look good. Now, Granted, this is the first year that uh, James Madison, Old Dominion, and Marshall can all play for the Sun Belt title. So it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun year. But those two teams definitely have opportunities to compete for the title.
1: Lots of fun. And we also mentioned uh, before getting to the running backs here that the transfer portal opened on the 15th, and it's like the floodgates opening because, uh, as Nick has pointed out here, teams are in desperate need of cutting their scholarship numbers prior to the transfer portal opening a report in the athletic noted Nebraska needed to shed 12 scholarships to reach the 85 person limit. So we are going to see some impactful transfers in the current window. Uh, The majority are likely players who were uh, not expected to contribute that may contribute at their new place. And uh, we'll go through some of those now. BYU was busy in the early hours of the portal window. The Cougars, Lost some depth pieces, but quickly added productive Utah State linebacker AJ. I'm not even gonna try this last name, Nick. I don't know if you know how to say it, it starts with a V. So, uh, but AJV from Utah AJV. State, yeah, yeah. 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 See, that, there you go. I had it perfectly.
0: So, um,
1: <laughs> um they also got an experienced left up. tackle, and Caleb, uh, and you're gonna try it. Bumped.
0: Is it, b- is it that might be?
1: Is it again, our apologies as
0: usual. I'm I going to the
1: website to figure it out. Yeah, I, I mean, my whole thing—I just don't want to be insulting. Uh, That—that's sure. yeah. you know, I just don't want to try it and butcher it. That's all. Great linebacker,
0: so, super productive.
1: Yeah, he's very he good
0: for Utah State.
1: Right. So moving on to uh, to BYU. Utah State was also hit by the departure of cornerback uh, Johnny Carter, and the Aggies now rank 130th in our adjusted defensive returning production numbers. Yeesh. Uh, a few former G5 defensive backs are on the move as San Diego State's Patrick McMorris committed to Cal and the Middle Tennessee's to Corey and Patterson transferred to UCF. Both were all conference in 2022, so some big names there. A few former highly-ranked Georgia recruits are set to leave Athens. Defensive lineman Bear Alexander is likely to garner significant, significant interest among them. Washington lost one of the highest-rated recruits from years past as edge defender Seville Smalls announced his plans to enter the portal. Oklahoma defensive back Jaden Davis is going to enter the portal. Big play receiver. Jordan Houston is leaving TCU. Houston was committed to both Oklahoma and SMU before eventually signing with the Horned Frog. So there may be a connection there. Uh, Liberty uh, running back wide receiver. Shedro Lewis entered the transfer portal. Uh, he has played both positions in the past and appeared to be a perfect fit in new head coach. Jamie Chadwell's offense but instead is going to be moving on. Emmanuel Hickman, a former defensive lineman started at East Carolina is going to transfer to USF. FIU running back Lexington Joseph suffered a torn ACL this spring and is expected to miss the 2023 season obviously. And just hot off the press as we're recording this, Texas A&M received a commitment from former Boston College and all ACC defensive back Joshua DeBerry, one of the top players in the portal. So, uh, Texas A&M uh, getting some additions here, but uh, Nick, your thoughts on the transfer portal. And I mean, you're going to be a busy man uh, with all the, the transfers that uh, look like they're going to be happening now.
0: Oh, uh, busy as, as noted. <laughs> trying, to, trying to make the move right now, trying to finish up while you were doing the run through to get the, to uh, uh move in our returning production I mean, I'm they, trying to keep up with as, the NFL
1: moves in his 32 okay, okay. teams, and it's a total pain in the ass. So, oh, yeah, man. I can imagine. I'm a, I'm a
0: dedicated teams. inbox zero person. I don't know where <laughs> you guys stand on it. I know some people have like 30,000 unread emails. I like that number to stay at zero. And uh, we'll the, try. Last, <laughs> the, the last few days, whew, it, 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 uh, it makes me a little anxious. You know, because I always just send myself emails um, when there's a transfer note or or you know something I need to uh, read up on a spring practice or whatever. And I think I was up into the the three hundreds yesterday. Uh, so anyway, um, it uh, yeah, there's there's I think the first thing you said, I did want to make sure that we we noted that. You know, you're going to see lists, and I saw one right before we started recording about you know Texas A&M has 30 outgoing transfers in in the last year, leads the country. And, and sure, on the the extreme side of things, there is probably a little bit of a uh, like, oh gee, you know what's going on there. Um, there will be some situations where it's like that, but you know when you're when you're scrolling through and and you see um, you know East Carolina loses three guys in a, in a day, uh, Charlotte loses a few and, and, you know, UAB here and there, uh, a lot of what that is. Um, and it's clear to me when I go to, you know, the, the returning production database and these guys didn't have stats last year or, um, you know, in our, our, uh, team profiles from last year, cause we do update our 2022, um, team sheets with, with all these transfers best we can. And they're guys who are just, you know, dead last on on the depth chart. Uh, In most cases, nine times out of 10, um, somebody, you know, you've never heard of in the transfer portal in this window, at least so far, that person, you know, might not have been playing college football there next year anyway. Um, Might be walking away from the game, might be uh, looking for an opportunity at the you know, FCS level or, or division two, something like that. Um, but this portal, I think even more so than the the first one is sort of that. All right. Teams, you, you know, have to start making some progress on getting to that 85 scholarship number because rosters have been inflated the last few years is the extra year of eligibility. Um, it's a little bit of an issue. Now, a lot of the guys that we ran through here, I expect will, you know, uh, make a difference somewhere. I mean, we, we already talked about some landing spots, you know, BYU uh, getting AJV and, and ATN, who is a particular, you know, interesting case. We're seeing some offensive linemen who have experience may or may not be, you know, all that good. I, I think ATM is actually one of the lower rated uh, offensive linemen in the country, you know, for PFF. Uh, blocking numbers last year, just, just did not grade out well. Um, but was, you know, went into the portal, uh, heard from a lot of power five teams and found a landing spot quickly. Um, he won't be the last. Yeah. Right now I'm looking at his PFF grades, uh, overall in a thousand and two snaps graded out as a 51, uh, 39 run block, 65 pass block, a 51 overall offensive grade. Um, Those that's, that's not good.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: And yeah. yeah, So that would be out of
1: 100. So
0: yeah, correct. Correct. Um, uh, So right now, and we've touched on this in the past, but uh, big bodies and experience is going to get you a lot of interest. Um, offensive linemen, tackles, you know, in particular, uh, a lot of teams are are still very much in need. Um, there are some teams who can, you know, let a former uh, highly rated recruit at defensive line step away, like Georgia did, um, and you know, Bear Alexander, USC is the name that that I keep hearing uh, for him. But but I'm sure there's some other folks in the mix there as well. Um, Georgia is probably one of the few teams that, that can absorb uh, a loss like that. Isn't in desperate need of, of uh, an interior defensive lineman, but we're seeing a lot of, I mean, there's, there's a defensive end at ULM who entered the transfer portal uh, like two days ago. Um, unrated recruit coming out of high school, Anthony Campbell, um, you know, six, seven plus. So, uh, just, just on paper, you know that that's intriguing. It wasn't super productive, but I mean, he's got half a dozen or more Power Five offers. Um, just, just as you know, one random example. It's, it's, uh, it, it's kind of a kind of a wild time. It's a lot to keep up with, obviously. Um, but there are some particular positions of need. Anthony Campbell, by the way. 13 tackles in 12 games, three and a half tackles for loss, one sack at ULM last year. I know he's been offered by Auburn and like, <laughs> I mean, other, other uh, SEC and power five teams. So anyway, that, that one just struck out or stuck out to me, but um, it is a, it is a busy period, certainly. Uh, but for the most part, there's just more, um more teams need an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman than there are good offensive linemen or defensive linemen to to fill those spots. But then also, those same teams have uh, too many, you know, wide receivers and defensive backs and and just additional players on the roster on scholarship, kind of taking up space uh, when everybody's in search for you know some of these missing pieces uh, in other position groups. So it's it's a tricky puzzle. I don't. I don't, um, you know, the, the personnel people in, in college football, uh, I, I feel for them this week, uh, as much as, you know, I, I'm trying to keep on track of, of all my emails and stuff. Uh, I'm sure they've got it worse than me.
1: Yeah. I mean, Xavier, it's a whole new layer, you know, it's, it's not, it's not new now. Now these guys kind of know how to deal with it at this point, but it's a whole new layer to college football and building your roster for the regular season. There's another adding period. Uh, right now, so uh, your thoughts on uh, the movement in the portal that we've seen so far?
2: Yeah, it feels like it feels like the end of preseason in the NFL where we've got cuts now, <laughs> where you, you've got to get under 50, you know, you got to get to a certain roster size before you can start to where are
1: these guys gonna go, right?
2: Yeah. You know, and and you know, in those situations, kids will have to either drop down in conference, drop down in, in you know, in certain schools. Uh, but ultimately, what you know, this is kind of where we are right now. Um, I'm actually kind of a fan of it, uh, to an extent. I, I think that it it opens the door for a lot of these kids to go make actual names for themselves at universities. I think we'll see far less kids be four year bench warmers because of it, um, and I think that's I think that's important. Um, you know, I think you know getting these kids actual playing time, letting them play the game of college football rather than just being you know GPA boosters, is a good thing. Um, and so yeah, so so I, I love it. Um, as far as some of the movements, Bear Alexander was supposed to be the Jordan Davis replacement for a lot of Georgia fans. So hearing him leaving was like a little mind-boggling to me because I felt like the position group was wide opening open going into this year. Obviously, in the last two years, Georgia has lost not only Jordan Davis, but then this year the loses Jalen Carter. You would probably feel like the tackle, you know, the tackle room was up for grabs. Uh, so him leaving was a little puzzling, but. Once again, not not extremely, um, you know, kids will leave, kids will leave. Um, Oklahoma losing Jaden Davis was another big one. Um, Jordan, Houston leaving TCU. That's huge. Like I said, I just, you know, this is a team that I think last year hit their peak, uh, which. I mean, right, making
1: the national championships a pretty good peak.
2: Right, you know, and I but I think realistically what you see happen from that is if you don't move immediately to the draft, a lot of kids try to use that momentum to go elsewhere. Um, and I think that's what you're seeing now. Um, anybody who, you know, was either one a major contributor or contributor or a major, uh, you know, a major piece of their – major recruiting piece will probably, you know, at the very least think about it. Um, Texas A&M getting Joshua DeBerry feels, feels very indicative of Texas A&M right now, a.k.a. their defense continues to blossom and their offense continues to be what it is. Um, and I think that that's extremely important That at some point that, you know, like I said Earlier about their, their, their spring game Their offense, their young guys in particular Are going to have to come around to match the defensive talent That they've had over the last two years uh, Because I think, and, and
1: Nick, you can correct me if I'm wrong
2: I feel like a- A&M has had a top five Defense in the SEC the last two years And maybe has had a bottom Three offense How about
1: that- this as a description for them, Xavier You can tell me if this is right or wrong The SEC's Iowa Right now, oh man, Texas ain't
2: that's depression, that's 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 depression fuel, but realistically, they're not too far away, yeah. I mean, look, this is a game, this is a team. The defense don't isn't hurt. quite that good, though, yeah.
0: <laughs> they, were, they were 35th in defensive team performance, uh, last year, they were sixth in 2021, um, Hold on. but you know, so they they have been very, very good last year, they were top 10 in passing defense, but. Uh, they were slightly worse than average against the run in our numbers.
2: Yeah, it's just I just I'm just thinking about the, the the game that I think of is very indicative of what A&M has been the last couple of years. Was last year's game against Miami, this supposed you know highly ranked matchup ended up being a 17 to nine snooze fest. It was both teams barely had opportunity to, to, to cross the 50 yard line, and it was just like really. Like that's what a And M has been, and until they fix that, they're they're not going to be able to compete for the SEC, let alone a national championship. Um, so yeah, I, like I said, I'm I'm a huge fan of these kids moving to greener pastures to play more, to give themselves the opportunity to actually play the sport that they you know grew up playing and you know, what you know, fell in love play as kids, uh, rather than just sitting on the bench for three to four seasons and not really doing all that much.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, lots more moving and shaking uh, for Nick in the upcoming days here. So uh, pray for him, and we will talk about uh, some CFF running backs here. And um, all always fun. I love talking running backs. Running backs, my favorite position. Um, obviously, you know, in, in CFF because there's so many quarterback options. Every single league is, uh, you know, two QB or super flex. Uh, so. You want to draft quarterbacks first, but running backs get the most touches and volume in fantasy is key. And there are some really good running backs. And Nick, let's just start out at the very, very top here, the tippy top. It's Judkins in a tier of his own, according to the CFF rankings. And I don't think that that is a polarizing statement. I do think it's Judkins by himself, kind of like last year was kind of be by himself. You want to put Travion uh, in there with him. Some people did. Um, but yeah, I mean, Judkins was so great. And now he gets a full off season in the same offense of being coached up. And you know, um, I'm super excited to see what he does. So he's just far and away the number one running back, right? In, in my
0: opinion, he is. Um, and there are other first round running backs, uh, pretty consistently two other guys who we'll talk about in a second, um, have gone first round, maybe early second in, in some, uh, but Quinchon Judkins is pretty consistently a top three overall pick. Um, there, there is a number one quarterback far and away. We talked about last week, Caleb Williams, there's a number one running back, uh, in my opinion, it seems like in, in, you know, based on the evidence I've, I've seen so far this year and uh, drafts I've participated in. Um, and then there's a the number one wide receiver. And, and, you know, to me, if I've got a top three pick
1: and uh, tight end, I, I mean, I, well, there like is. Yeah. Year, tight, absolutely. Um, yeah. It feels like this year, there's like a tippy top at each position for yeah, sure.
0: And a little bit different position. So I participate. People might've seen me, uh, tweet about it. Um, and I've mentioned it on the show too, I think, uh, a series of 12 drafts that are uh, tight end premium. And in that one, Brock Bowers is usually first or second overall pick. But um, in other, you know, more traditional drafts, uh, he's usually like a second or third rounder. Um, but Williams, Judkins, and Harrison are pretty much one, two, three, 95% of the time uh, in some order. And I've seen Judkins go number one overall. I've seen. Um, uh, you Know he, he, if, oh, if it's I'm not sure. Williams, it's pretty much Judkins, uh, so far in, in anything I've uh participated in, but um, yeah, he's just you know, was a true freshman last year, split time, uh, basically wrestled away. You know, I, I know that that Zach Evans was banged up a little bit, but for the most part, proved he was, I think, the better running back. And Zach Evans is going to get drafted probably, right? I mean, yeah, uh, and, and you guys could tell me where, but. I know there are some Day folks three, who are still so get drafted, yeah, pretty high on him. Um, and Judkins was just better, you know, as a true freshman, not super highly uh, rated, uh, you know, high three star according to most folks. I do need to give a, a shout out to the uh, Campus to Canton group who does a lot of great work, a lot of uh, recruiting knowledge, and and um, they were much higher on Judkins than just about anybody else. So, um, you know, fortunately because of them, I was, you know, somewhat familiar, even though I'm not a a big recruiting guy, somewhat familiar with Judkins coming in, but I think he exceeded, you know, even anybody's expectations, Uh, 1500 plus yards uh, on the ground, 16 rushing touchdowns, caught 15 passes. I mean, he's, he's just solid all around. And with Evans gone, um, you would expect, you know, Uh, his his chance at a a slightly higher workload i mean he did play 600 snaps last year which is you know he's on the field a ton but um we might not even have seen his best yet uh so that's that's pretty exciting
1: yeah and xavier i mean you can be the best running back in the country and not be the first fantasy pick because your offense is just not going to produce that many touchdowns for you but this is one where it really seems like last year with Bijan, where the number one running back in the country uh, is also, you know, one of the best CFF producers and yeah. Judkins kind of has to be in a, a lane of his own. No,
2: absolutely. And I think realistically, when you look at Judkins, no, you know, what he, what he was able to do in a tandem last year was absolutely ridiculous. Now to imagine him not being the featured back on a team, like I, I alluded to during their, your, their spring game, you know, Jackson Dart hasn't necessarily taken that far of a step to, to make it to where now you can't give the ball to Judkins 30 times a game. Actually, you know, and actually realistically, the, some of the receiver talent that they lost last year, like Jonathan Mingo, you might have to a little bit more, um, you know, to, 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 counteract some of the, the loss you've had on the outside. So I really love this. Um, I'm honestly surprised Braylon Allen isn't in tier two. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, is that now? Let me ask you a question, Nick. Is that because we feel like fickle? Let man? me
1: get to tier two first, Xavier. <laughs> Come on. I
2: didn't spoil it for
1: everybody, but my, you know. I'm, 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 Talk about because We're on tier one, Xavier. What are you I, doing? I'm not, I'm not, my bad, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All right, let's go to tier two, which does not include Brayden Allen. Bray, Braylon Allen, uh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> tier two is Raheem Sanders from Arkansas. Rasheen Ali from Marshall that they're a tier of their own. And then we have a big tier and each tier obviously usually gets bigger, but the next tier, the, the third tier uh, is from running back four down to running back 17. I'll just fly through them real quick. And then we can hit both these tiers because they are pretty big at, at number four overall is Braylon Allen, uh, which maybe we're going to hear uh, an argument here, to get him in that second tier <laughs> from Xavier in just a second. but well, we have Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Damian Martinez from Oregon State. Will Shipley from Clemson. Blake Corum from Michigan. Uh, LaDamian Webb from South Alabama. Uh, Cy Bangura from Ohio. Jackson, um, Jaquindon Jackson Jackson from Utah. Kavorian Barnes from UTSA. Trey Benson from Florida State. Frank Gore Jr. from Southern Miss. Uh, Samson Evans from Eastern Michigan. Um, Marquez Cooper from Ball State, Travion Henderson from Ohio State, and Chase McClellan from Alabama. So, first of all, Xavier, Raheem Sanders, Rasheen Ali. I mean, especially with this new offense in Arkansas, no problem. We've seen Rasheen Ali produce before. Uh, you know, obviously, and came back last year, all that stuff. But Ali was amazing uh, year before that. So we've seen both these guys produce. So we know what we're getting from them. Anything on them? And then tell me about Braylon Allen. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I think <laughs> my bad for jumping the gun.
1: No worries. <laughs> yeah. We got we gotta cover. We gotta cover.
2: I think Nick actually alluded to why you might be more in love with Raheem Sanders as well. Um with with you know, he he, he said it out loud. Arkansas looks like they're gonna be running much more of a Brett Bielema like system. And if that's the case, then you know what that means. We are running the air out of the ball. Um and so if that gives, you know, Raheem Sanders that many more touches then
0: huzzah uh for CFF owners. Uh, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was the
0: that was the least enthusiastic huzzah. I mean,
1: couldn't have been more huzzah. Great, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Raylenell?
2: Right yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so as far as Rasheed Ali is concerned, what you know, what I think we'll see from Marshall this year, in particular, you know, is a team that won, and I mean this in the most loving way possible. There's not many that that many good defenses in the Sun Belt. There just aren't. And in the event, you know, I think last year Marshall kind of showed that and, and was he was quick to prove that very early on. Uh, but realistically, with that being the case, Marshall's going to have his fair share of opportunities to run all over those Sunbelt defenses. Um, I am dreading when they see Georgia State next year. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, he's a part of that. And Marshall showed a lot last year, not only on, you know, in a, against the Sunbelt, but against non-conference opponents. And I think he's going to benefit from that. And I'm not surprised that he's sitting here at two. I'll let Nick go because I don't want to get into my Braylon Allen
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll well yeah. i i i will start with braylon allen um and at the at the beginning of the process and i happened to, to uh fortunate enough to get some invites and and uh participate in some very early drafts uh with people who just do this year round and uh, you know in February when those first few drafts were coming and, and early March right before spring, uh, Braylon Allen was in that second tier, and then, you know, obviously the news had already come out of the the coaching change. Luke Fickle gets hired at at Wisconsin on the surface. That's great for Braylon Allen, right? I mean, you know, Luke Fickle's a defensive minded head coach, likes to run the football. Cincinnati's had some really productive, uh, you know, CFF running backs in the past. But then, of course, he hires Phil Longo, which is, on the one hand, you know, wasn't that long ago when Phil Longo had 2,000-yard running backs in the same season and, and you know, has has been, um, you know, good for running backs in the past. CFF, you know, system uh, matters just as much, if not more, than talent. Um And, you know, so so there's a little bit of reason for optimism there, but also Phil Longo is, you know, from the air raid tree uh, has also had some offenses in the past that have been a little more heavy, uh, you know, in the passing game. Um, Wisconsin attacked the transfer portal pretty hard at the quarterback position, at the receiver position, a lot of the discussion. Uh, this spring around Wisconsin has been the passing game. And, and so Braylon Allen, partly because there's a little bit of a concern that, uh, we won't see quite the heavy workload for him that we normally would for a Wisconsin running back. He's probably slipped a couple of spots, fell, you know, mostly has fallen out of the first round. Um, you know into the second maybe early third depending on uh who you're drafting with and and sort of what the the league setup is um but also he has a pretty talented uh you know number two running back in, in chesma Lucy who's showed some good things we got back and in, in healthy last year um and so it seems the combination of uh, thinking that Wisconsin will, certainly throw more than they did last year and and more than they have in the past, but also Allen is, you know, going to, to, to Wisconsin's benefit, but to CFF, you know, drafters uh, detriment, Allen's going to maybe get a little more, you know, time to to breathe and and share the load a little bit with, with Malusi. So I think those two factors um, have, have driven his value down just a little bit. Uh, there are some folks who are a good bit lower on Allen than I am. I still think top five is is fine. I'm more in the long go is is going to be fine eventually, and and you know chances are late in the season he's not going to uh, be scared to to lean on the running game. You know, once the weather turns for sure. Um, but uh, you know, I can I can understand the philosophy uh, that that the coaching change isn't quite in Allen's favor. Um, But I do think he's very, very close to that top tier. I think, you know, the next uh, four guys probably are, are, some folks might put them in that tier with Sanders and Ali, who, you know, Ali tied for the national lead in touchdown, rushing touchdowns in 2021, um, was injured a large part of last year, uh, did come back and had, you know, showed, he was healthy and, and uh, close to hundred percent at the end of the season. So I think, you know, had we not seen him at, at the end of last year, succeed at the end of last year probably would be a good bit lower on the list, but we've seen evidence that he's back and, and uh, you know, should be good. And Xavier, I mean, great point, the Sunbelt defenses uh, are, a, 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 you know, something to uh, be excited about. If you've got rushing Ellie um, the coaching change, I think, as you guys mentioned, is good for Raheem Sanders. So those two, I feel pretty good about it at number two and number three. But I think you could argue that, you know, uh, Allen, if you're on the lower side, maybe a Damian Martinez who hopefully won't have touchdowns poached from him, from, you know, Jack Coletto's gone now, right? So don't have to worry about him down at the end zone. Just have to to worry maybe about DJ Uyungle uh, being that battering ram down there but if damian martinez gets a few of those uh carries down to the end zone his touchdown numbers will look a bit a bit better and i think he's uh, worthy of of that ranking uh, will shipley and blake quorum i think are both in the mix quorum if we had been able to see him healthy at the end of the year would would be higher probably would yeah, be in that sure. second probably tier.
1: would have gone in the draft right and, and got that's,
0: that's a great point oh. yeah i had that, that yeah maybe if he were healthy we wouldn't have him at all. So, I don't um, think so. Uh, but I think that, that, that you could almost maybe uh, make another tier break. I, I didn't. Cause I do think that a lot of the guys in, in that, uh, you know, LaDamian Webb, say Bengura, you know, uh, Webb gets that Sunbelt schedule. Uh, bengura you know, people always are, are looking for top Mac uh, running backs. similar, similar idea, not going up against the most talented defenses. Um, you know, I, I love Jaquin and Jackson one quick note, you know, on him, uh, I mentioned that we ran the calculations for fantasy points per play. Um, and, and those are included in our CFF rankings, uh, at patreon.com, uh, slash CFB winning edge, but Jaquin Jackson among running backs who are back with over hundred carries leads the nation in points per play. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, if you're doing full point PPR, um, he's actually uh, number one among uh, folks with with 50 snaps. If you go half point PPR, EJ Smith, who got hurt very early in the season last year, is the only one who's in the mix there. But and Jackson, you know, really excited to see what he can do in a full season. Former, you know, top uh, quarterback recruit ends up at Utah develop into a really good, uh, you know, impressive running back, small sample size, but I think the ceiling for him is, is huge and he was incredibly productive in that small sample size and, and has room to grow. Um, but there are other folks, as you mentioned, Trayvon Henderson, if we see him back in healthy, he could be, he could be in that tier with Quinchot Jenkins. Um Mayan Jackson, or excuse me, Mayan Williams and, and Chip Trainum. give that, you know, make it so that that Ohio state probably won't have to lean on him too much. Uh, but he has the talent certainly to, to be in that elite top tier if he's healthy and if he does get a heavier workload, but I do think that, uh, try to wrap up, uh, (laughs) my my long winded nature here, but Uh, um, that, that big third tier, you know, I think there's, there's room for guys like that, like Jackson, like, um, Henderson like Jace McClellan at Alabama. Um certainly you could could see a path to you know a top five type season for for guys like that if things go well.
1: Yeah, I mean Xavier, when you look at tier three, well, first of all, do you have an answer back for for Braylon Allen? Do you still want to put Braylon Allen in this third tier?
2: No, I might see my only question was does the coaching change, is the coaching change the reason why? he's not going with Braylon Allen. And that was a yes. So okay, th- that's what I figured. I just didn't want to, you know,
0: jump to that conclusion immediately. I was it's you. one of those things that you can, you can talk yourself into, or at least I can, but, Oh, the coaching change is, is bad for him. Or you know right. what, actually the coaching change might be good. It's like that, the mo- the meme of the person like <laughs> drinking the, what is it? We're just like, Oh, anyway, the- no, 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 no. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The one where you kind of look like, eh, and then <laughs> yeah. go, that's, that's pretty much what I look like yeah. all the time if I'm trying to
1: figure <laughs> out. <laughs> you can talk yourself into a circle oh, for yeah. sure. It, it's it, it's tough, you know, and especially this time right now before uh, a lot of spring games and notes and stuff, it's tough too. So, um, you know, we don't know what we're going to get out of Blake Corum, you know, so right. to have him ranked high is is – a little dicey but he should be fine before the season starts like you said also has a really um, really good
0: guy who's going to get some carries there in donovan edwards so,
1: yeah and yeah. exactly. so we saw edwards have success oh, when quorum got he, hurt
0: last year he, so i mean if quorum wasn't there edwards would be in tier Very two nice. if not tier one yeah, right right yeah.
1: exactly so yeah um what about this third tier xavier when you look at the third tier who stands out to you is there anyone that you think needs to jump in here? Anyone that needs to slide yeah. out of this range? What are you thinking?
2: I, I, I think I think Trayvon Henderson. Um, I think Trayvon Henderson, if he comes back from injury correctly, could be a guy that ends up in that tier two. Um, obviously, he was
1: two last year, so right. that makes and, and, a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah, and
2: injuries really saw you know hampered that.
1: Um,
2: man, I love Frank Gore Jr. I know he might not be a CFF darling, but the kid's productive. Um, well, he no. gets
1: 150 touches a game. Like, yeah, it's you, unbelievable. You,
2: you need him to. He'll go play quarterback. So, you exactly. know, yeah, know. Yeah. But
1: see, that's the thing.
0: Will, so he. he <laughs> Because he's part the of the offense, conversation. Is like, the man, he was yeah. so good last year. And he got him. He had four passing touchdowns. That was part of why he scored so uh, highly. And it's like, well, what we're hearing out of spring camp at Southern Miss is they've got a couple of quarterbacks they like. You know, will they stay healthy? Who knows? But that's sort of the thing—you don't really know. It, is Frank Gore gonna do all those things that made him so productive last year, or are they gonna spread? You know, they talk also about, uh, and you you know, parse every single little word in a in a quote. But uh, there are things that oh yeah, we you know we we want to uh, not overload Frank. We want to you know spread. Spread the ball around a little bit more, and and so when you hear things like that, you think, man, oh yeah, and and you know, quarterback play should be better.
1: I then mean, Billy Bob Thornton has a famous line from Bad Santa that I like to use in my mock drafts about wishing one hand and doing something in another. You know, of course, you want to use Frank Gore less, less, but when Frank Gore is the only show in town, Frank Gore gets the ball. That's just what it is, you know. So that right. I. I have no qualms with him being ranked this high. He is 100% of that offense, so uh, he needs to be ranked high. Well, I think
0: what, you could make a, an argument for him to be higher. I think you can make an argument that he's sure. top 10.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Xavier, who else? Uh, anybody need to drop out of this section, or are you good with everyone in it? Maybe you just want to add a couple people in here.
2: Yeah, I think I'm good with everybody. Um, Will Shipley, without Mafa being there, would be a top two guy. Uh, but I think he will have two, uh, you know, trade carries with him this year. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think about guys who I would put into this.
0: There are people who are
2: Jaquez, on ship. Hunter is a guy I love. I absolutely love him. And I think that, you know, somebody's going to have to fill the shoes of Tank Bigsby. Uh, you know, I think he's more than capable. And that's going to be a run first team this year um, with him and Robbie Ashford. So he's a guy that I could see being in this number uh, or being in number two come the end of the year. Uh, So I I love him. Um, Like I talked about earlier, I think Nicholas Singleton may be a fringe tier three, but that just depends on how many carries he's having to share. Uh, We we talked about it about the spring game. Their running back room might be the best in the country. Just genuinely being honest with you. Um, And so with that being the case, it's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty tough. For him to, to break in there but once again that that that's going to be uh hell if you get both of them maybe you just take the combined carries that they're getting between him and katron allen and just take the points from both because they're going to get a ton of carries both of them were a thousand almost a thousand yard running backs last year um and i think with drew Aller at running back once again you're gonna see a focus on the run game this year yeah they're they're, they're going to i think both of them break a thousand yards i want to say easily but they'll be pretty dang close
0: they're both i mean allen's 49th so i I'm pretty yeah. sure there are only group that has two top fifty guys. Yeah, that's crazy. Unless I'm missing yeah.
1: Uh I mean, I, I like the oh, Edwards the, and Coram. Yeah,
0: so you know, the well, there we go. Of
1: course. <laughs> um, the um, Edwards 45th. The first two guys outside of this third range: Ray Davis at Kentucky, Carson Steele at UCLA. Kind of the same uh situation they're they're uh going to start i mean car steel uh transferring um you know from ball state not going to get to pick on the mac again this year but not like a pac 12 has a bunch of amazing defenses in there right so carson steel should have another good year in uh ucla they loved run the ball and no dtr who took a bunch of carries last year too so uh carson steel could be leaned on pretty heavily uh, same thing with will levis leaving um kentucky for ray davis uh, the other guys uh, down here will go down to 36. So in a 12-man league, your RB threes, a couple twos here in threes. Ramon Hemby from Maryland. Uh, Devin Neal from Kansas. Jarquez Hunter, Hunter from Auburn. Rodney Hammond from Pitt. Bucky Irving from Oregon. Ontario Brown from Northern Illinois. Nick Singleton from Penn State. Treshawn Ward from K-State. Jaquavius Marks from Mississippi State. Marshawn Lloyd from USC, Aiden Robbins uh, at BYU, Caleb Johnson at Iowa, Jalen White from Georgia Southern, C.J. Donaldson from West Virginia, R.J. Harvey from UCF, Jabari Small from Tennessee, and E.J. Smith uh, from Stanford ring in your 18-36 to there. Uh, Nick, tell us about the uh, low-end RB2s and the RB3s here.
0: Well, so uh, we talked a little last week about Uh, sort of how these rankings I try to pay attention to how do I actually act in drafts I know there are people who are a good bit higher on Carson Steele than I am if he were still at Ball State I would probably have him you know knock it on the door of of top five Uh, but I'm a I'm always a little bit wary of transfers and a little bit even more so when it is uh, somebody moving from the group of five to the power of five. UCLA is a perfect spot on paper. Uh, the way they use the running back, you know, Zach Charbonnet was, was excellent there. Um, uh, Chip Kelly has a, a proven track record and Carson Steele, you know, we're hearing good things out of, out of fall camp. I, I probably should be higher on him. It's just, I guess I have a little bit of a bias Uh, until I see it for, you know, group of five transfers up to to power five. I think there's a little bit of a similar idea with Ray Davis, Kentucky, you know, traditionally very, very good system for CFF running backs. Uh, Give a pretty heavy workload to the top guy. Ray Davis ran for a thousand yards in the SEC last year with, you would have to assume uh, just as, as, uh, I mean, Kentucky's offensive line struggled a little bit last year, but, still you would say an improvement in talent um, in the offensive line that he's running behind. So he should succeed, but I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little more hesitant on uh, those two for their particular transfers. Um, I'm not for Marcos Cooper who transferred from uh, Kent state, but ended up at ball state. So he's basically just filling the shoes of, of Carson Steele um, you know, similar uh, talent that he'll be playing against what he's used to. So I, I just feel like uh, for whatever reason that, that puts my mind at ease a little bit more. Um, But uh, you know, in, in this group, I, I think that outside of those two, and you could probably convince me to slide Davis and Steele in that, you know, uh, that third tier, I just, have been, uh, there's always at least somebody who's higher on those two than, than me. So I haven't ended up, uh, drafting them maybe at all. Uh, but pretty much everybody else in this group, 20 to 36, you know, you, you could, you could A shuffle group. them in yeah. almost any order. Uh, Ontario Brown, Ontario Brown might be my favorite. um, He was a slightly disappointing last year, had had some pretty high expectations for him. Uh, Big, you know, big back who also has explosive speed. Uh, Harrison Whaley, who he split time with at Northern Illinois last year is gone. So expect him to, you know, get a heavy workload. Um, But he's just a a personal favorite. So he's usually the one in this group that I'm targeting. Um, But the rest are, are, Pretty, pretty similar. Um, I do stay away a little bit from singleton because you know, as Xavier mentioned, Alan's going to take a little bit of uh his his workload, his his share of the carries away. Um and, and on that note, now that I'm looking at it, Jabari Small at number 35 probably might be a, a you know touch high because Jalen Wright. Is a top eighty guy in, in these rankings. Also had double digit touchdowns, uh, and future Heisman owner, Joe Milton is is gonna have ten rushing touchdowns at you know six six two fifty down by the goal line next year. So maybe I should slide him down a little bit. But um, this this third tier is is uh, uh, not much separates you know twenty to, to thirty six in in my opinion.
1: Now nah, you got him in the right you got him in the right place. They they don't want Nico getting hurt so. Uh, he'll be fine there. Uh, Xavier, when you look at uh, Tier 3 here, um, which would, or uh, the Tier 4 here, 18 down to 36, who, who do you like? Who stands out to you? Who are you questionable on?
2: Yeah, so I, I, I you know, I, I obviously mentioned Jarquez Hunter as being a guy that I like, Nicholas Singleton. Uh, if, if what Nick is alluding to holds serve, Jaquavius Marks and Mississippi State, um, you know, if they're gonna be a team that's going to run the football, if they're gonna be a team that's actually gonna focus on a little bit more ball control, that gives me reason, you know, that, that gives me reason to pick him up. Um, you know, EJ Smith at Stanford, they're still gonna run the football. Stanford might not be a great team, but he's gonna get his touches. Um and obviously the air New offense
1: too. I mean, right. hopefully right. They, they get a little more modern. That'd be um,
2: nice. You know, the air apparent to Deuce Vaughn, um, Treshawn Ward. You know, and then, you know, and then lastly, Marshawn Lloyd is doing. He is so doing for a breakout season. I think he might get one here soon because uh, he's he's doing for one. Um, if that South Carolina offense is takes that next that that jump, that I think, if Spencer oh,
0: can stay, I think you might be a little bit confused. Oh, is that the other USC. USC now? Oh man, <laughs> see this is so. Ah. You, you didn't see his run that that uh, gives. Uh, no you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go see his run in the spring game because you're gonna want to bookmark that tweet okay uh, for all summer when I talk about oh USc's top five team go to the playoff mm-hmm. yeah, you're gonna you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna have that ready
2: <laughs> and, and, and I, okay, so I'll give you one more then um and I've obviously I believe he, he's coming off of injury uh but all McCaskill. If he if he if he oh, okay. can come off of injury the right if he if he you know obviously comes off of injury and is the back that we saw previously, you gotta pencil him in there on McCaskill. In my opinion, in this year's draft, would probably be the fourth or fifth back in this year's draft. I don't think that's crazy to say, Scott, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. Nah. I think that guy is dynamite in the event that he's allowed to any of it that he comes back and is able to play football the way he was pre-injured.
1: All right, let's go down to the last tier here. Uh, we're going to go 37 to 48. The RB fours George Lonnie in his 17th year at Boise state is at 37. Laquint Allen from Syracuse at 38. Then we got Devin McCabe uh, from Purdue, Alton McCaskill from Houston, Maya Williams from Ohio state Day Hunter from Liberty, uh, Richard Reese from Baylor, Nate Noel from Appalachian State, Donovan Edwards from Michigan, Ollie Gordon from Oklahoma State, Harrison Whaley from Wyoming, John Lee Eldridge from Air Force. And uh, this is a good tier. A couple of secondary backs, uh, uh, you know, Mayan Williams in here. Um, Nate Noel is kind of a second guy. Donovan Edwards, kind of a second guy as well. Noel might be the the main guy now that uh, Cameron Peoples is gone, but they usually yeah, break it out. But couple, they, there are a couple, couple running backs
0: guys behind him
1: that probably put on uh, exactly a heavier
0: number two. Yeah.
1: Who have you drafted the most out of this tier, Nick?
0: So McCaskill, uh, agree with Xavier on, on all those points really like him a lot. um Day Hunter is, is somebody that uh, I have targeted a handful of times. Harrison Whaley, you know, did some good things at Northern Illinois and then moving to Wyoming where they run the football a lot. Uh, John Lee Eldridge, the third is, is kind of seems like ready to to step into the shoes of Brad Roberts, who was just a really, really good running back at air force. Uh, but we've seen Eldridge, uh, you know, has popped at times as well. So um, I, I think that that should be a pretty smooth transition. One guy who might be a little low based on some, you know, recent news, uh, Richard Reese had a huge true freshman season. but that Baylor running back room uh, is just uh, pretty crowded. Um, but at, at last check, going through the rosters, I think I've seen some other people point this out as well. But Tay McWilliams, who uh, was the projected starter this time last year, started i believe the season opener and then got hurt missed a, uh, most of the rest of the season uh isn't currently on the roster uh squirrel williams also transferred out he's at louisiana tech so you have reese Quaylen jones jordan gets it's 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 clearing the path a little bit more for reese um even though it looked like he you know lost a little uh of his grip on that job towards the end of last year um maybe just hit a little bit of a freshman wall perhaps but he's somebody who, who I can I can uh, almost guarantee is going to move up these rankings and draft boards and ADP is the the closer we get to the season.
1: Xavier when you look at this group is there anyone that uh stands out to you?
2: Honestly and this is going to sound surprising but Scott I'm you know I don't know if you've taken him in any of your drafts but Cedric Baxter Cedric Baxter is going to be a stud. Yeah, I'm not gonna call him B. John Junior or anything like that. I don't want to give them any kind of titles. This kid was amazing in high school, okay. And I think if he, if Texas can block worth a worth a plug nickel for my, you know, for my remember the Titans fans, he will be he will be just fine in that system. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, manning the backfield because I think he he already does a lot of the things that you're gonna want from a freshman pass blocks. Runs out the back, you know, catches out the backfield pretty well. Just a smooth guy for as big as he is. Um, he's still, he's a taller back, um, you know, I think, you know, so at the end of the day, I like Cedric Baxter a lot. Like I said, I think he he's going to be a guy who I'm not going to say, you know, like I said, I'm not going to call him B. John Jr. But by the time he leaves Texas, he would have made his mark there. Um, like I said, a little bit of a bigger back, six one, so he's going to be a little bit of a different style than what Bijan was. Uh, you're looking at more of a Najee Harris type of guy as far as his size profile is concerned. Uh, but yeah, I think he can be extremely productive in that system if he's used correctly. Um, you know, I think he can do it all, um, and I don't see why not. I understand that he's a freshman; that his, this is his first year. But how many freshmen come in and they lean on that guy and he ends up with a thousand plus yards? So
1: yeah, uh, I mean, the the job is open. So, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah, he can absolutely got some competition win. though.
2: He does. Oh, lots of and competition. Blue, yeah,
1: Lou is good. Robinson. Yeah, yeah Robinson is. has been productive, so yeah. he will definitely get first grade. He
0: reminds so. me of Travion Henderson, just in in CFF. This point in his, you
1: know, like his freshman year, true right.
0: freshman year is like okay, he he's number one. He's the number one true freshman.
1: We're waiting on him,
0: and yeah. he can can definitely. Uh, see him having a path to leading them in rushing, but it's not necessarily a complete slam dunk. So maybe he's a little undervalued right now, but also can see some scenarios where he's a freshman. You know, not very many freshmen get a thousand yards. Henderson did, but uh, yeah. So anyway, that, he that I that comparison keeps popping in my head every time I see Baxter.
1: All, All right. right. I, is that everything?
2: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I have any more guys down here um, that I'm in love with. Realistically, um, I could obviously Sean Tyler in Minnesota could sway me. But I, I think I think sure. Baxter, I think Cedric Baxter, if he gets the number one job um, and wins it outright, you you have yourself a three year starter on your hands. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Nick, one more question for you before we go. Who have you? Who is a running back that you throw a dart on at the end? Like, is there a consistent one that you you've snapped up and all? Because you've been doing best balls, which are usually fairly mm-hmm. deep. Are there a couple running backs that um, you've taken at the end uh, that you're just like, ah, eh, let's see, let's just see.
0: Uh, well, so one that that is getting more difficult to do that with uh, because he had such mm-hmm. a great spring and and they got done before. almost anybody else, uh, Marcus Carroll at Georgia state. I was waiting for Uh, that. Yeah. He's, he's going a little higher than, than he was, uh, uh, you know, several weeks ago. Um, but maybe the one now that, that I can draft anytime I want. And I'm a little curious as to why is, uh, Dion Hankins at, at UTEP. Um, it's been injured a lot, but his, his competition, you know, he's been splitting carries the last few years. Um, is moved on. A is gone. Ronald A um, UTEP does bring back their quarterback, Gavin Hardison. Tyron Smith. It sounds like is headed back to UTEP after having transferred to Texas AM. and m That's not official yet, though. Um, and and you know, nothing's officially official until it's official. So I'll believe it <laughs> when he when he's uh, on the roster. But I just feel like Hankins, who you know was a highly rated recruit. For UTEP, local guy, uh big back, 230 plus. Um, I, I I just feel like he's been due a little bit for a breakout if he stays healthy, which is the case with just about everybody. Um, you know, 11, 1,200 yards and and half a dozen touchdowns, uh, seems like a very reasonable expectation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Look, Georgia State ran for five right ran for twenty five hundred yards as a team next year. Somebody got to take those carries. Like yeah, yeah. Tucker, Gregg, gone, Jemias Williams gone. All of your, all of your backs from last year outside of Marcus Carroll are gone. So you know, in the event that he is able to to, to produce anywhere near those guys combined, you're looking at a guy who might hit 1,300 yards this year. Um, with how well Georgia had, with how much Georgia State emphasizes the run game.
0: Like Casey Adams, too, and Granger obviously runs a little bit as well. So yep, yep. that, that I think, is maybe the – if you want to talk yourself out of it, but Georgia State, <laughs> they, they run the ball a lot. If, if they, they do anything well, it, yeah.
2: yeah. If, I mean, they, they their offense, for as explosive as it is, if I told you their quarterback threw it for only, four, you know, I think 2,700 yards last year, you would still realize their run
1: game was a large part of that reason. I, I love the Nick finish with a circle uh, that he talked in there so uh, uh, absolutely outstanding uh, that'll wrap it up for us next week we'll be talking some wide receivers so uh be sure to check that out and of course i'm sure there'll be a boatload of transfer portal news uh that, that we can get in that one plus some more spring games so and remember- then
0: they're going to close that transfer window yeah and then we can start then we can start uh slogging away at those previews, fellas.
1: Yeah. No when, does, when does it close?
0: Uh, May 1st, I believe. It's mm-hmm. a
1: two-week oh, okay. window.
2: Yeah. One window. All right. so, so, so you better find your teams quick, kids.
1: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Get her done. So uh th- that will wrap it up for us. Remember, you can follow us all on the Twitter at Bogman Sports for myself at CFP Winning Edge for Nick at Xavier underscore Trish T R I C H E for Xavier. That is it for us. We will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody.
0: Thank you to our Patreon supporters for keeping our show ad-free and for funding our wide range of college football analytics projects. Thanks also to Blake Austin for our theme music. To learn more about CFB Winning Edge, visit patreon.com slash CFB Winning Edge or follow us on Twitter at CFB Winning Edge.